Hi, this is Sarah Lustell, and you are listening now to the Unconventional Christian Podcast. Welcome to the Unconventional Christian Podcast, and I am your host, Ladoon Thompson. And today we have the amazing Sarah, and that's always put the last name Love Style now. So, but Love Style is yeah is the, is the last name I have for you right now. But um, if anybody else was to refer to you, it'd be Sarah. What, what's the last name? Hood is my last name. Sarah Hood. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> So before we start the podcast, we normally start with prayer. So if you can, bow your head and I'll get this prayer going. Father God, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for blessing us with this opportunity to um, talk, to converse, to build, and to just draw out this conversation that opens many ears and eyes to your word. Guide and lead us. Sit us down. You stand up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. A whole lot of much and nothing much at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> look, it's so funny. Um, When I look back to, we've been friends via social media for, I feel like it's going on three, three years now because that was at, I was, about to, I was about to say Essence Fest, but I believe it was, oh. it was the art. Yeah, um, my, it was Miami, right? Yeah, what is it called? Art Basel. Yeah, that's when we first met. Yeah. And it was so crazy. Um, I was down there with my friend Mel and then we were Bariola. And uh, I think I think Steve Canal was there too at that, that day. He was. Yes. And we linked and the energy was just so natural that from then on, we continued to build and we'd always connect and we'd always talk. But it's so crazy coming into this, um, to having this conversation with you. I feel like I've learned more about you in the last 48 hours than I ever did before this. I'm like an but, onion, right? You just got to keep peeling it back a little bit. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you wear so many hats that um, it's just like, I can't, no one can really put a, uh, they can't put a hat, one hat on you, man. It's like you do so much. And I think that. If, if you had to introduce yourself, I'll let you just introduce who Sarah Hood is, a.k.a. Sarah Love Style. There's a lot, um, but I am a refugee camp born Ethiopian. Uh, I came to the States when I was four. Um, I now am a wife and mom of two. I'm an autism mom. I also, um, uh, you know, Sarah Love Style is my brain. I'm an influencer content creator. Um, and then also <laughs> I do wear many hats. I own William Bell Spice Company. Uh, I, thanks to COVID kind of put a halt to my plans, but, um, I'm also a chef and, uh, I'm an angel investor. And so I invest in black men and women because that is important to me. Hmm. Well, I'm telling you from what I know and I see all the time, I see you always working, always grinding and, um, when it comes to uh, the Love Style brand itself, um, what what is your purpose for the Love Style brand itself? Yeah, so for for me, um, when I rebranded, because um, I used to be embracing Beauty by Sarah, because I thought I wanted to be a makeup artist, and realized I don't actually like that business aspect of makeup. 
Um, But I started because um, my oldest is nonverbal autistic and um, I was mad and I was angry one afternoon. And I said, God, I need you to do something with this. There's no way you would put this on my plate for it to do nothing for me to just like, am I just supposed to be in pain? Am I supposed to just be suffering? I'm fighting every day. Um, and I think there's this negative connotation too to anger or frustration sometimes. Um, and for me, frustration is when my expectations are not met. And so I'm frustrated. I'm having this conversation with God and God is like, so be a voice then. He may not have you, but you do. And I used to be so shy. I would be in a room and you never knew I existed. I'd be in a corner. I never said a word. I spent years in, in school and people forgot that I was there. Like teachers would literally forget I was there. I was so quiet. Um, and so it was like that, okay, God, you want me to be a voice. He doesn't have his. It's not that he's non-communicative. It's just that the way that he communicates is not the way that we are used to. Right. And so it was one of those like put up or shut up moments. And, and it was that fork in the road of, am I going to be obedient and start this new brand? Mm-hmm. And so as I'm going over it, I realize that a lot of how I live my life is with love. So it's love, compassion, kindness. It's not the love of style, like of clothes, because I don't really care about clothes. I love fashion, but I don't care about clothes. But what it is, is living a life of love and walking in obedience in the woman that I'm supposed to be while living my best life, regardless or in the midst of like that dirt underground nitty gritty space that we all try to run from, despite all of that and whatever cards life brings me is how can I live my life in love and in joy and make that an actual lifestyle through my page. So that's the long version of why I started Sarah Lifestyle. Mm, I, I love it. Um, and I think that for me, um, a lot of times when I talk to people about love and love being like, love is a religion itself. You know what I mean? It's because God is love. So for me, a lot of times people, you know, I am a Christian, but you know, I mean, one of the big things for me is that I just I identify more as a lover of God and being someone who loves God. And one of my biggest missions is to make sure that everyone I come in contact with is they're touched by the love that flows through me through God. So, um, yeah, I mean, and that's an amazing, like, concept that you that you live on and how how hard was it for you to be obedient in that season when you were going through frustration at the same time because obedience and and i've said it numerous times over this last week like if you are obedient when god first puts something on your heart it won't feel like a sacrifice Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's like a theme for me yeah so i know how hard I struggle with obedience at times when it comes to something God puts on my heart. Um, so for you, how hard was it to to really be obedient in that time you were dealing with frustration? I didn't realize it it was hard, hard, because it's it's everything that I am naturally not. Mm. I am not naturally I don't feel good in front of the camera. I don't feel good speaking. I don't feel I, I I don't like for people like I'm so private that the idea of allowing people into my life and into my story like I'm not gonna lie I'm really like I'm a 
tough, hard to craftsman of a woman. And so vulnerability, especially outwardly, is one of the most difficult aspects for, for me. And especially back then, if you would have told me that who I am now is who I would be, I would have told you no way. There's no way. It, it's, it is hard. I think there's this false sense of, you know, everything's supposed to be easy, right? Like it's obedient and you're just supposed to do it and it's okay. And no, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice, but in that, like, uh, you know how with, with a tree, it's like the roots, right? The roots is where like the dirt happens. It's where growth happens. What I've learned is that when I'm comfortable, I get very, very uncomfortable because that means you become content. And once you become content, you can't grow there. And obedience, you can't have both. Right. Both cannot coexist. You cannot right. be super duper comfortable, not grow and be obedient. It just can't happen. And so, um, and to be honest, I've had to be obedient three times. I haven't told a soul yet, but I've had to be obedient three times this year. And each time was more difficult than the last. And not in a, not in a bad way, but it was like, okay, but God, what do you want me to do? Like I had a scenario on Clubhouse recently last week. And God was like, do it now. And I'm like, but, but, but wait, God, like, but wait. And he's like, no, do it now. You say you have faith in me. You say you believe in me. You say you're obedient. You say you follow me. Now I'm asking you, you say you have faith. I'm going to test that faith. Will you move? And I was like, okay. And I did it. And then God tried to play me. Well, I tried to play God. God said, do it again. (laughs) God, what are we doing? Like, I thought you were on my side. What are we doing? And he said, do it. And I did it. I was very uncomfortable, but I did it. And do you know that 24 hours later, something popped up that's going to change the entire trajectory of my life. But had I not moved in that moment, that would have never happened. Mm. Hmm. Man. That's like a domino effect, right? Of obedience. It is heavy to me because I just know how hard it is to be obedient. It's just hard being obedient. Like, especially, I think a, a lot of times the, the obedience factor comes into play because I think a lot of people don't talk to God enough so that when they hear from God, they're not sure if it's okay. God talking to them. Yeah. So a lot of people, they, they ask God for something. And they don't ask him all the time and they hear something from him. They're like, no, I'm not sure. Especially the biggest part is, especially when God tells you to do something that you're not actually interested in doing right now. Mm -hmm. uh, That's like you said, inconvenient, uncomfortable, and almost, um, it's just pulling you out of your comfort zone. So once, once God, and that's, and I feel like those three things always are going to happen. Whenever God tells you to do something, it's going to be inconvenient. Yep. uncomfortable and just like it's just going to be completely out of your comfort zone so yep. i think that um i think you i think for now you know i might cross check that and put that into some points like when god tells you to do something three things those three things will pop up in your life you know what i mean because a lot of things that god does for you are going to be a little hard but the thing bigger things the abundance that's coming from that moment, that season, that opportunity that God puts in your hands. And sometimes we miss it. We, we, sometimes I feel like we, we will pray for things, right? 
and then we don't be obedient and we don't move and mm-hmm. then we miss it. And then we ask God, why didn't you provide for me when you promised me you would provide? He's like, I did. I had it right in front of you. You just didn't, you didn't take it. You didn't grab it. You didn't move. Right, you didn't, right, right. You didn't have faith of a mustard seed. You, you didn't have enough confidence or faith that I had you and that I would protect you in this time or in this space. Mm-hmm. And you didn't move. And then, um, and I'm sure this is going to be super controversial, but also, are you even prepared for what you're praying for? Right. God ask you to be obedient for something you're not prepared for. Right, right, right. And I, and I, I know that's a fact. A lot of times people sit and complain for years and they say, why is this not happening? Why is this not working? Because God put you in a certain space in a certain time. And during that time, he expected you to do the work in between. Yep. You know what I mean, toil the soil. Do the work. Get ready. You know what I mean? Let's throw in a very well-known phrase. If you, if you, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Correct. You know I mean, so when God blesses you with an opportunity, I know this for a fact, even when it comes to the brand, for a long time, I had to do so much work in between to understand what it takes to run e-commerce and things like that and understand what it takes to run a brand and yeah. understand that you needed people and you needed a team around you sometimes that you can't do everything yourself. Because God doesn't want to say, hey, everyone, look at my amazing child right here. I am going to bless him with a $10 million business just for you to watch him drop the ball on because he does not know what to do. So right. God holds you back. And I think that the, the um, what do you call it, the rejection or the, the, not even rejection, there's more of a protection though. Like when things don't happen when they're supposed to or you feel like they're supposed to, that rejection is more of a protection because when it's your time, everything will fall in place exactly how it's supposed to be. And you will have the necessary tools. Because I feel like a lot of people go through so many things in their life that they don't realize are building blocks for them. But instead, they try to skip around those building blocks. They try to skip around those training. They try to skip around those amazing things that God puts in their way that are a little tough in that season. Mm-hmm. skip around those things and then we finally get to the thing that God is trying to bless you which you're not ready for uh, I mean I, I don't I don't have to tell you this but <laughs> that is probably one of my greatest aggravations with social media with business with clubhouse is how do I get to the bag? How do I get to monetize? Or how do I scale my business? Bruh, sis, wait, slow down. You're trying to skip the process and every element of the process is necessary. Um, I see it with influencers all the time, even with, with my business. And they'll come to the agency and they say, I want to work with brands and I, I want to do this. Okay, have you done this before? No, but so-and-so said that I don't have to do that. No, th- there is a process to this. You're trying to run we would never tell an infant like, you got it, son. You good? You good? Check off. Like, let's, let's do this. You would never do that. You, you would, th- there's a process to, they scoot on their stomachs and we give them tummy time and then you, they crawl and then they walk and then, and then they run. And we're trying to skip all of these steps. And even within our faith, we're trying to skip steps to get to a place that we're not prepared for, which is why it's important to, to be very careful about what we pray for. I have learned to be very intentional about not praying for patience. Mm, no, yeah. it comes in a way that I don't want it. It never comes how I want it. It's in a family member. It's, you know what I mean? Or it's in like your cognac jacket. Something happens where 
it's so important not to skip the steps. And even like, I don't believe in failure, right? So failure is lessons and part of the, le- I mean, you know how it is with, with the businesses that we operate. Everybody sees the overnight success, but they don't realize that overnight success was five to 10 years underground. You just didn't see it and mm. don't know what that looks like. So when folks are like, yeah, let's scale, but you needed to fail or have lessons, a few of them to make you better so that when you do get ready to scale, you know what you're prepared for. You know how to build your team. Mm. You know, Listen, it says Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even God had a team. Do yeah. You, you have a team. <laughs> Even God had a team. Do you? Yeah. I, just, I heard something when you said that, and it's 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 probably gonna we gonna have to share this one. In order to scale, you gotta fail. In order to scale, you gotta fail. So that's, that's the process. And then people don't want to hear that. People don't want to hear the failure part. People, and then I, I, it's interesting when I see people fail and they quit, and then they say like, "Oh, it didn't work out for me. I I didn't. I just decided." I was like. So you failed and you didn't see that as the next level, like the next level was coming. Like, like when I fail, when things fall apart and things fall apart all the time, people look at me and my brand and they say, Oh my God, I see it everywhere. Oh my God. You know, I'm in the, you know, just being in the hood, a lot of people are like, yo, bro, you get into the bag, bro. I know you get into the bag. You know, it's the, it's the conversation I have. You know, it's the, yo, yo, what's up, Hollywood? Thank you getting money, bro. Let me hold something for the, Oh, let me leave that part out. But <laughs> it's like, let me hold something for the blank. Get it right, right. <laughs> and it's, but, it, it, but it's necessary. Like I, I don't know about you. Do you love the grind? Like I love the grind. Like for me, it's almost sacred. Is yeah. I, no, no, no. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm constantly in it all day. It's crazy. I feel like this pandemic also is almost like it separated the the boys from the men because yeah. and the, the women from the girls um whatever it is it's separated because it created this place and i don't know if you feel it where it feels like we're in groundhog day uh-huh. every day is exactly the same the only day that might not be the same that has a little difference to me is sunday Sunday's the only day that's a little different because something about waking up on a Sunday morning is different. But yep. Saturday morning, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, all of that. I'm dyslexic. I don't know why I went backwards that way. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it feels like the same thing. And when you talk to certain people, the conversation is different. If you are a true hustler, this, this groundhog day feeling, this repetitive cyclical feeling, Mm-hmm. It's just part of the hustle. Yeah. When you talk to somebody who's not built for this, who doesn't understand this, they work out of a place of lack. They work out of a place of anxiety. They work out of a place of being overwhelmed. Yeah. They claim, but that's, 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 that's the journey. It separates the two people because you already see who is built for this. And for me, it's a constant season. You may not see the fruits of your labor immediately, but you know that you're doing work that's building for you. It's it's the building blocks. It's it's the same way with our faith. It's the same way with our businesses. It's the same way with social media. Um, I know right now, like you're right. So <clears throat> from from even like an influencer standpoint, um, I've been at this six years, mm. blindly for the first three, 
And then I realized I needed a team and I built my team and I rebranded to Sarah Lovestyle three years ago. Um, and when I rebranded, built this team, I think I was at around like maybe 8,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And it was like steady growth right here and there. But what happened is the pandemic, as awful as the pandemic was and is and continues to be, the pandemic was really good for all three of my businesses, all of them at the same time. And it was exciting and insane all at the same time. But what it did was even for influencers, it leveled the entire playing field because now the question is, can you grind when you have nothing? Mm. What can you create when the world is completely shut down? And for me, I was like, cool, I'm naturally an introvert anyway. So me being at home, I was like, Bad. I can create content by myself at home every day. I have, <laughs> I've, yes. I have totally seen you triple your uh, content uh-huh. in the last year. Yeah, like I've seen you do things, and I'm like, how did she get so comfortable so fast? I'm by myself, and it's like you gotta put you gotta put yourself through the fire. Yep. Like me, I haven't I haven't even touched. I, oh, I I I downloaded a TikTok app, but I have yet to. Oh, you gotta get in there! <laughs> oh my god, you're killing it! I see it on Instagram. I'm laughing at your videos. I'm laughing. It's so many different versions. Even the um, when you did the silhouette video, that was so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally sent it to all my uh my <laughs> funny friends. It was <laughs> it was so funny, but like leaning into that place of discomfort. You know, Bariola says it all the time. Anytime I said this to me, he was like, yo, bro, just lean into that discomfort. Yeah. Just lean into it. And there is where, you know, that's where, that's where diamonds are created in yeah. that discomfort. And, you know, as a, and I, I love, 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 love the title of this podcast. It's unconventional, right? So for yeah. me, most people don't know is I am a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. So how mm. I operate my social media is all very intentional and i'm starting to hate that word thanks to clubhouse but i nothing i do is on accident and nothing that i do is without thought to if my parents saw this like How would they? am i gonna get kicked out so it's it's creating it it's allowed the pandemic has allowed me to be funny i can be me i can be more naturally myself. And I think I realized that I did not need to be perfect and perfection didn't exist, but pre like pre COVID, you know, everything was curated and that was the separation between everybody. Because if you were not used to being yourself as you are, you were screwed. Yeah. You just didn't show up. That's but, true. but my thing is whether it's social media, my business or my faith, am I showing up and can I show up? And when I show up to, God, he doesn't care if my hair is perfect. He mm-hmm. doesn't care that my makeup isn't perfect. He does not care. It's I am worthy as I am and I'm enough. And can I show up as me? And the question used to be, would anybody even care? Is anybody going to want to hear what I want to say? Um, is my messaging enough? And I realized that I had to allow God to talk through me and my job was just to show up. And I was going to be okay even in the un- uncomfortable spaces and that I could grow 
And I'm glad I was obedient and I didn't move. Like, yeah, I did the silhouette challenge. And I remember like my church friends were starting to freak out in the first 15 <laughs> seconds. Like in the first couple of seconds. Oh my God. She started playing. <laughs> they were freaking out. And then they saw the video and they're like, okay, we can do these challenges. I'm like, make, make it your own. Do the uncomfortable in your own way, in a way that makes sense for you. Right, right, right. No, that, that's that's amazing. And, and probably in the next couple of weeks, you'll probably see some TikTok videos from me. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what <laughs> it's going to be centered around. But um, yeah. I, that's, do the silhouette challenge. Oh, do the busted challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but... but Change it where you're like busting suds. You know, you washing dishes. Uh, you change the tire. You could be putting a patch on the shirt. <laughs> Just make it cute. I'm not even gonna tell you what my brain. You said do the busted challenge. I I saw my. I just saw myself dropping it like it was hot. <laughs> I said, Lord, man, they're gonna be like doing some his soap and TikTok. <laughs> wrong challenge. Wrong challenge, my friend. <laughs> I mean, for me, I, 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 one thing that, you know, um, and like I said, I learned so much about you in this season in these last couple of days, just like, get, like leading up to this interview. Even I tell you, it's, um, just so I, I commend, I, I have the highest, utmost respect for parents who have to deal with, um, things like autism. You know what I mean? And, and cause it's like a very touchy subject, you know, for me, it's like when I found that out, you know, it's crazy. I'm, you know, just knowing you all the time, it's like, and I was like, it's right here. It's like, if you really look into the details of what she says, it's all there. Um, and I think a lot of people just, you know, when social media, and that's the thing about social media, you're scrolling, you're looking. If it's, if it's not 10 seconds of movement or action, we scroll right past it and you miss those things as a parent of an autistic child. How um how has your how was your faith how was your faith tested in that time um when you first found out your child was going to be or even had the possibility of it? It was sorry, it's like the only thing that can get me emotional. Um it it was rough for a second. <clears throat> um I know for for me, so six days after I had Josiah, I had a heart attack. And it was like this one thing after another, after another. And I'm like, okay, God, I know I survived and lived. Okay. For for me, one of the reasons why I operate the way that I do enjoy is because I know what it's like to almost not live, right? So I choose joy every moment, regardless of what life throws at me, right? So that was my thought process. And then I realized with Josiah early on, I knew something was wrong. And as he was missing these milestones, and then I dealt, you know, I was, I was dealing with postpartum and then, you know, I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, what is happening? Hmm. I did everything right. I thought I did. And so, you know, I, I dealt with these wide range of emotions of what did I do wrong? Did I eat something? Did I drink something? Um, is God punishing me? Is like, God, did I fail you? I mean, I was dealing with a lot of, um, sorry, dealing with a lot of like, not, not why me, but it was like, what did I do wrong? And where could I have been better? Where could I have lived my life better? Um, um, and then, you know, 
when I realized that he was going to be nonverbal and it was going to be that way for a while. And then he was diagnosed. For me, I had to learn that it was okay for me to grieve, but I wasn't sure what I was grieving. Mm. And I was like, God, I would be doing you a disservice by saying that I was grieving my son. Like, that's not how I felt at all. Um, they say that children in heaven choose you before they become, you know, your children. And I'm, I'm like, I'm so, I am so glad that Josiah found me worthy, that God found me worthy to be Josiah's mother. Like, I am meant for this. I'm built for this. I would not change my son. None of it. None of it. I would not. Would I, would I switch places with him so that he could have the life that I imagined for him? Sure. But would I change anything about him? No, I, 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 it would be such a slap in the face to God. It's such an insult. But my faith was tested because I wasn't sure what to do with how I felt and what my emotions were. Um, and so, and as somebody who struggles with being, you know, vulnerable and, and like sharing how I feel with people, I just dealt with it by myself. So it was a lot of just God and I having these conversations of, okay, what, what do you want me to do? Or what am I supposed to do? And I remember just this, this voice being like, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay to cry. Mm. It's okay to grieve. But I, I realized that what I was grieving was the idea of the life that I had planned for him, not mm. the life God had planned for him. And let me tell you, the life that God has for him is so much better than even I could have imagined. I would have never started any of the businesses. I would have never started investing. Every city I've lived in, I have changed a policy. I have sued counties. I have um, met with politicians. I live in DC. I've been to the, like, I have had conversations that never would have happened if I did not have Josiah. And even with his name, um, I knew at 15 when my pastor preached the sermon that, um, about King Josiah and said he, he became a king at eight or nine and there was no one like him. And there will never be anyone like him. And I knew that when I had a son, that would be his name. Mm. And God has not failed me. Like that is literally the life that God is creating for Josiah through like for us. Like that is the life. The fact that there are policies in my son's name, there are, Things that are being moved and shaken. Be my son is able to change life. Yes, he's nonverbal, but what he's doing is so much louder than anybody's voice could ever be. And so I'm so sorry. That was a long-winded version of it was rough and it still has its moments, but I am grateful for, for the journey. No, no, that's I mean, I feel like you touched on so much in in one paragraph. I mean, it's like when I think of the fact that you went through those three things all in one sitting, like, you know, you're finding out that the possibility of your son being um, autistic, you're, you're having a heart attack, you're going through postpartum. Um, and a lot of times, and it's maybe because I start to look at certain characters in the Bible and I feel like they were very unconventional Christians. They were very unconventional children of God. And I look at, and I look at where Job was. Do you mm -hmm. feel like you had any Job moments when oh. it was like, it was like you really wanted, like, I mean, there were probably people around you who hear you talk about God, hear you talk about your faith, hear talk about how good God is to you. And then you're going through this and there are people around you like, 
How good is your God now? 20, 2011 through 2012. And then to be honest, 2016 to 2017, there were moments where I was like, God, have you forsaken me? Mm. I know you haven't. I know you're still here. I know you haven't left me. But man, let me tell you, 2011 to 2010, um, and I, I, I don't think I've ever spoken about this publicly. Um, we, I probably spent the majority, I would say 80% of 2011 in the hospital, which is it. All of it. Almost all of it. I can't even, Jesus, sorry, I forgot about it. 20, yeah, 2011 to 2012. I think we, I spent probably 90% of that year in the hospital with him. Test after test after test after test. Turns out he had epilepsy. We didn't know. We don't, I'm Ethiopian now. I'm, I've never seen epilepsy. I've never met anybody who had it. Um, and he was having these episodes and it was rough. Oh my gosh. The, the, the nights. And I don't know if you've ever been in the hospital. If you ever want to rest, that is the worst place to be. The sounds and the machines and the people and the nurses are coming in every 20 minutes and they're asking you, are you guys okay? Do you need anything? Yeah. You're rest, lady. <laughs> you're really waking up like every, every 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. It and wasn't that. <laughs> it was, it was rough. Um, same for 2016. It, it was, it was rough. Um, and th- there were, there were a lot of Job moments, whether it was my health or the kids. Um, um, I had a C-section and then three days later, Josiah had to have emergency surgery and I could not, I, we were both in different hospitals. So I'm in one and my mother, my mom flies, um, from Seattle where I'm from. And I'm like, I need you to get on a plane now. She's like, I'm at work. I'm like, get on a plane now. And, uh, and she had just left. So she flew back. My mother-in-law comes in. It was, I mean, it was awful. He and I were both having surgery and trying to recover and not, and I am very much like helicopter mom. I'm okay with that. Like I don't let my children lose my sight. If you <laughs> like <laughs> all the meetings I have, my kids, my kids are saying hi in some way or another in order walking by. It was, it was, I mean, I need to write a book or a movie about my <laughs> life because it's, it's nuts. No. And I think it's important because you, you're, you're really, I feel like, and it's, it's like God puts you through these things so that you can be a testimony and a testament to so many different, not just women, but even women of color to be able to tell of, you know, it's how I, how I got through. You know what I mean? I got through this. I came out on top. I am still here. I'm still here with my children. I'm still, and I'm still running a business. I'm not just sitting around, um, I, I could sit here and, 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 and wade in the, in, in the, in a puddle of my, of my melancholy and just be like, you know what? I'm sad. This is the way my life turned out. Cause I see people, they don't go through half the stuff you've gone through and they've had one life circumstance and they've allowed that to be the one thing that's holding them that back forever because of the trauma from that. You've gone through three or four different traumas. But in one season, but let's not mention that you also came from a season where you were in Ethiopia and you were a four year old child and you had, you got uh, brought over here because someone chose your family to sponsor your family to come here. 
but you've already seen what it's like to be in a place of lack. And then to still come here, I'm sure it still was a whole nother journey itself as foreigners, because I know what it's like to be, and you know, we're African, you know what I mean? We come here, we're already like pointed out as like almost like the <laughs> the lepers of the land, you know what I mean? From us, the you know Spanish people, just we're, we're less than even in this season. So to be able to come back from that and, and still just be triumphant, it's like, this is this is your journey. This is your purpose. You know what I mean? And your purpose is not delegated, delegated to one thing. So for you now in this place, like when you look at your purpose, when you look at your legacy and who Sarah is and what, you know, you're going to leave on this earth as a parent, as a mother, as an entrepreneur, what do you think your your purpose is? So it's twofold. Um, you know, I, I love what you actually just said. Um, you know, in the Bible it says, though I walk through the valley, right? Um, and sometimes we mm-hmm. stay comfortable and we forget to get through and we stay and we go through things in life and we build a house in this place we were never meant to be. We were meant to get through it. We were never supposed to stay there and spend the rest of our lives in a place of darkness or torture or trauma or misery. That was never, ever, ever the plan. And so you get to the other side and you figure out what is, what is my purpose, right? Right. And I know for me to stay in a place of pain or hurt or, or in that through space and not make it out is too risky. It's, it's to me, it is dangerous to not take a risk. It is dangerous for me not to live my purpose. It is dangerous for me to not be obedient. That's how I think about how I move and operate in in my own purpose. I know that my purpose is, and it's going to sound really egotistical. I've known for a long time, I'm not meant to be normal. Normal doesn't change the world. Normal doesn't create things that are extraordinary. Um, you know, with, with Sarah Lovestyle, even the way that I'm building it out, I want to create a platform. I want to create a space in which, you know, men and women of color have a voice, can see what life can, we can go through something, we can be something, build the brand and then build it up to be something else. When it comes to investing, I know that my purpose, I want a VC fund, that that's what I'm working towards. I want a VC fund and we only fund men and women of color. That is no right. offense to everybody else. I don't care which, by the way, I don't care which color. By the way, It's not like you have to be African or you've got to be Ethiopian or you've got to be black. It, it's Asian, Hispanic. I want to be able to create a VC fund. That is my goal. But right. I want to fund this with my internal crew. There, There's about three or four of us who we've been working. By the way, nobody knows this. Don't tell us so. <laughs> Only this podcast. There have mm. There are about three or four of us that I've been internally working on this for the past three years where we're just keeping it in house and just building and building and building and investing, investing, investing into our, into our people. Um, matter of fact, the, the last investment I just did in January, which um, you're the first to know um, is a, uh, is a couple out of Atlanta that um, I met on Clubhouse. Mm. And that was one of the, diff- that was probably one of the more difficult being obedient moves because I couldn't meet this person in real right. life. I couldn't, I, and it took me about two weeks to be obedient and move. But I know that my, my purpose is change. My purpose is impact, but not from like a broader sense. I like things that are measurable, tangible, 
real life. Same thing goes for my son, uh, for both of the boys, like the businesses are in their names. I am building businesses for them now. My son is in the middle of, again, you're the first to know. Um, I'm writing a children's book. My son, mm-hmm. my nine-year-old is doing all of the illustrations for, for the books because um, he loves to draw. And so it's even for Josiah, how do we create, even though he's nonverbal, how do we create something in which it's long lasting and it's no longer about him? I know that sounds odd, but for me, it's not about me. It's not about Josiah. Josiah is going to be fine. His mom is a wolf. Like I'm, he'll be fine. But it's what do we do with that beyond him? It's how do we create a fundraiser? Um, even with Filet and Bell, um, every spice and sauce that's sold goes to an autism organization and it's called Autism in Black. So mm-hmm. it's everything. Like even with Filet, that's my father's name. My dad almost died risking his life to save mine when I was a child. So it's how do I create this legacy in every aspect of my business? Um, with, whether that's the spice business, that's also Jeremiah's middle name. So that's my, that's my father's legacy there, right? So right. not me, it's him. Um, with Sarah Lovestyle, this is Josiah. Yes, I am the face, but this is all about him. So my purpose is to serve. I know that I am just a vessel. Right. And my job is just to move as God calls me to be, but how big I can make this isn't for me to say, I just, I just go where God tells me to go. But I know that that impact is people aren't going to remember my name, but they darn sure will remember how I made them feel. And that's, that's my, that's my plan. Mm. It's so funny. Um, I just got to remember to, 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 to put this into the, uh, <laughs> into the framework of this conversation. It's just that obedience is just such an important thing that we're, touching on now more than ever and it's just um you know i love it i i I think it's amazing to see how you've been able to do all of this i think that one of the struggles that a lot of entrepreneurs see and you know it's you know it's different you're you're a mom you're a mom of two you're a mom of uh, one autistic child you're a wife you're a business woman wearing many hats i think how do you balance being all of that. How do you make sure everyone is happy? Because, you know, I've seen it so many times when it comes to being an influencer, um, just even that term alone. But in being all of that, at some point, something suffers. How do you make sure something does not suffer? Or does you and you end up choosing to say, I'm the one that suffers so that no one else suffers? Balance does not exist. It is not a real thing. It, it is, it, this, it's such a false sense of, um, I, I know moms who want to start businesses because they're like, I can't balance it on. I'm overwhelmed. You don't, sis. You're, you're not, you're, you're just not. The days when I'm the most incredible knockout standout mom, I'm an awful entrepreneur. Awful. Awful. And the days when I am like a beast in, in the boardroom, I'm a beast on, you know, I'm in meetings, I'm killing it, Blaine Bell's killing it, Sarah Lifestyle. I'm like, yes, if you did that. Those are the days when I'm an awful mom. And the guilt is real. Like that, it, it, it is real. But what I've learned is that even when I'm outstanding in my businesses, um, is my children don't necessarily children don't necessarily care about the amount of time it's am I present and am I active in the time that I do have with them 
So I don't have my phone. It's I'm not on the computer. I'm not, nothing else is on. They have my full undivided attention. For example, today, I have stuff all day today where I'm working. So this morning I spent an hour playing Pac-Man board game and, you know, playing Monopoly because I knew that that time was important to my sons. That was time that they wanted just mommy time. Um, the other thing that I do too is like, well, pre-pandemic, um, like once, once a week, I would do a date with each child by themselves. So they had my undivided attention. So that right. way, even if I couldn't give them my full attention and I'm working, you know, 16, 18 hour days, they at least had those moments with me where I was so active that they were, they were okay. Um, and, and the other thing too is if I remember my why and why I'm doing it, then even like, I let the boys kind of help sometimes or I'll let them sit next to me so that they can see what I'm doing. And sometimes they're even a source of like information or a source of uh, creativity that I didn't think about. Um, and so the other thing that I do too, and I'm going to sound like a psycho is my calendar is color coordinated by each child. It's color coordinated by each business and it's color coordinated um, and scheduled. Even like me time, it goes in there. I, I don't negotiate with my time. Like I get up 30 minutes before everybody else to do my devotional, to do my affirmations in the morning. Um, I work out five days a week because my heart, <laughs> um, and, but it's also the only time where I get silence into myself and it's recentering for, for me. But I will say that it, doing all of it does come at an expense of something and usually it's sleep. So <laughs> that, right. that's just me. But I think it's knowing like Mondays are only Sarah Lovestyle days. All right. Tuesday is only X, Y, and Z day. There is a system, and I hate, again, things to Clubhouse. I hate the word system and process, but everything has a system and a process. But I also have a team for each business that can keep it going if I'm not available. Um, okay. th- that's the most important aspect for me is is knowing that I have my team that when I'm not available, somebody else can pick up the stuff. Right. No, that's that's... That's, I think those are, that's, those are major keys because I felt like, like you said, there is no balance. There really is no balance. If you're, you, I, I, you know, I speak to, you know, I would call him my mentor, but he's really my bro. I speak to Spectacle all the time. We talk and he always talks about how there is no balance when it comes to being an entrepreneur because you just have to infuse everything together to work together. You know what I mean? Because if you try to separate and separate this there and separate that, at some point, something's going to fall off the table and you're going to miss it for a moment. And that thing is going to hurt regardless. So, yeah, now that's important for, um, I feel like that's so important for it, for entrepreneurs to hear that. Um, and I think one of the, one of my final questions for you is, um, how do you, how do you stay in tune with God? Because it's so easy to, it's so easy to just like kind of want to move in your own will. How do you stay in tune as far as your conversation, your relationship, making sure, you know, if it's praise worship, what are you doing? Are you, you have people that you're accountable with in a season that make sure that you guys are in tune with God because it's so easy to, like, you know, you can put your, you know, anything else can become your God. Your business can become your God. Your, your, your relationship became, become your God. Your children can become your God. And when, when God isn't first in your journey, he will let you know 
And the way he does let you know may not may not be the most fun way at all because he has to, he's going to end up having to subtract something from your equation yeah. to bring you back to him. So for you, what is your what what are your main steps that you use to maintain a, a relationship with God? I do a devotion every morning. I listen to a sermon every day. Um, so typically, um, I will do like 30 minutes to an hour of cardio, whether that's walking around the Stairmaster. People think I'm listening to music. I'm not. It's a sermon. Um, and it's for a couple of reasons. Um, one, life is hard. And the only way that I can keep my patience and deal with humanity <laughs> and everything we're dealing with right now is to be centered. Um, and here's what I will say. When I can't hear God, I'm anxious. When I can't hear God, I'm stressed. When I can't hear God, my soul is not at peace. When I am not centered and my spirit is not still, it is a mess. And it shows up in every aspect of my life, mm. whether that's my mental health, my spiritual health, um, my it manifests in my body. I don't feel good. Um it's going to sound dramatic, but I know like when I start breaking out, when I start getting like anxiety and I don't really have it, but when I start getting it, I know I'm not in the right place. And I know that I'm either outpacing God or I'm not listening. And every day, as hard as, as it is, and it's hard, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's hard, is silence. Because there's so much noise, whether that's social media or a clubhouse or the TV and and everything that's happening in the world right now, you gotta shut it off. For me, I have to shut it off. And and you and I were talking before this interview about how sometimes we'll have all this noise and noise and noise, whether that's clubhouse, and we start getting this anxiety and work. I started to hear it in my sleep, even right. when it wasn't on. And I'm like, this is not okay. This is not normal. But the only way I can hear God is to quiet everything. That includes my children. There are times throughout the day where if I need to go sit in my closet or in the office and spend 10 minutes just having a conversation with God in silence, that's what I'll do. Yeah. I, we spend so much time talking that we're not listening. We're not in tune with, with, with what God has for us. We're not in tune with God's voice. And we can't tell if it's God's voice or the world's voice. And when that happens, that's a problem. That means I need to get somewhere and sit down and um, I don't know if it's because of life experiences or my parents being uh, preachers, but I am very much, uh, it's taken time and a lot of work, but I'm very much in tune when I am spiritually not okay because I can tell it's manifesting outwardly that mm -hmm. I have to stop, just literally just stop moving. Right, right. Nah, and I understand that. And that's, and that's, and that's that's important because I think like now when I think about it, a lot of people do have to we do have to learn to fast from things, detox from things. If you had to fast or detox from two things that you know right now are possible distractions, what would they be? I'll even go with your top three. It could be could be could be wine, it could be it could be social media, it could be Food, what is it? Probably those three. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting ready to go on a fast. I'm getting ready to go on a fast probably in the next. I didn't even participate in Lent 
um, this year. I usually fast from something, but it became so repetitive. I fast from alcohol. I fast from certain foods, um, certain, uh, and maybe social media a little bit. But now I've said I have to be a little bit more intentional about what I'm fasting from. So now I'm just, you know, get gathering my thoughts and thinking about what those things are. I'm still trying to figure it out. Social media, social media for sure is on top of that list though. Oh yeah. But here's the thing, because I have system of processes and a great team, I could do the fast because I know it'll be good. <laughs> it'll be yeah, exactly. You have things running regardless. <laughs> and even me now, I have those things. You put those things in place where you're, you know, far from your social media and you're, you know, separate your things. Yeah. So, it's yeah. Hard. It, it, it's hard, but, but it's necessary because more than ever, we need to hear from God even if it means silencing the things that are around us. It's so, necessary. Huh? It's necessary. Definitely necessary. So usually when we rap, we do rapid fire. We have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they're pretty simple questions. So we can, it's, we'll just run through them real quick whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Name one thing you took for granted before motherhood. Sleep. When you think of the word success, what's the first thing that comes to mind and why? Praise. Um, why? Because I know that nothing I've done is because of me. I, I, pray, gratitude, I guess, would be the right word. Praise or gratitude. Nothing I've ever done, I can take credit for. Because it's it's not. It's Listen, if you, if you knew my story, the whole story... None of this is me. So I would say gratitude or grace and um, gratitude uh, and praise because I know it's so it's so far beyond me that it, it just couldn't be me. Mm, interesting. Um, Louboutin or YSL? <laughs> I know the answer. I'm looking behind <laughs> you. Commercial behind you right there. There's a whole commercial behind you. So we know the answer to that. <laughs> Even though they hurt like heck. <laughs> <laughs> what book has inspired you the most? Um, when it comes when it comes to my business, I would say Superfan because it's Superfan by Pat Flynn. Um, it teaches you the psychology of how people operate and why people do what they do and how to build platforms. Um, I would say that for my business, uh, personally, I would say The Big Leap. The Big Leap. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Let's put that on our list of things to uh, download and listen to. Uh, what's the most uh, common misconception about fitness and health? Um, that it has to be boring or that it's not fun. Hmm. What's the most useful beauty product or service you bought in the past year under $100? Uh, CeraVe moisturizer and face wash. Ladies. Take that down. Take some notes. It's $5 at CBS or Walgreens. I'm telling you, it's the best stuff. I'm trying to get a partnership because I buy that stuff. I used to buy a $150 moisturizer and face wash. No, turns out I just needed a $5 one. Mm, let me send that to them. I'm going to send this clip to them too. <laughs> <laughs> Works for men too. I'm going to use it. I'm going to check it out. What's your favorite cheat meal? Ooh, uh, mac and cheese, even though I'm lactose intolerant. Mm, I feel you. I'm a, this is an African thing. It's a foreigner thing, for real. Uh, for sure. Favorite vacation location? 
Um, Hawaii. Hawaii? Or Cancun. Okay, fire. Ask permission or beg forgiveness. Oh, I'm begging for forgiveness. <laughs> I, I'm not asking for permission. And I don't even beg for forgiveness. I just will ask for it later. <laughs> I hear you. Tabasco or Red Hot? Oh, it depends. Uh, for everyday use, Red Hot. For, like, if I'm making tacos or something, I'm going for Tabasco. I know that's not the right answer, but... <laughs> All good. And I'll ask for forgiveness. <laughs> Last question is definitive of who your spirit animal is. Waiting to exhale or set it off? <laughs> set it off. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> I feel attacked and <laughs> oh, Nah, that's love, love, love. I, look, I, I'm so... I'm super thankful to have had you on here today. I feel like this, I could have gone, I had another hour of questions in me, but I know for a fact that the next time, and, and I think that it's, it's important to have you on here, but I'd love to have you as a constant guest on here because like we didn't even touch on the business side of things, but this part of being an unconventional Christian is important to me for people to hear this side, to be able to hear your story. And then I want to layer that out next time because it's so important for people to hear what it takes to be Sarah Lifestyle. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. It's in my personal life and me, Sarah Hood, the woman, is mm -hmm. what built Sarah Lifestyle and how I operate in my business is all because of my life experience. It's I'm a very unconventional entrepreneur. And so this is actually super fitting conversation because I'm also an unconventional person too in the way that I operate my life and operate my business. It all goes together. So I love it. Thank you for having me. Nah, thank you for being here and looking forward to chopping it up with you again soon. Thank you. Let's do it. <laughs> love. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>